Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by 4th and Dude. Special edition, season 2 kickoff episode. After a long offseason, we are officially less than a week away from Boston College football. The BC hype machine has been cranked up all summer, with a ton of all-ACC players on both sides of the ball and a Heisman contender in the backfield. Coach Adazio has finally created his team of dudes. On today's episode, we'll break down a busy offseason, give you our official season prediction, and get you ready for, get this Matt, the minute manslaughter next weekend. That's pretty good. It's not quite the F-Fest at Fenway, but overall, pretty strong introduction here. This is a, a an overall weird feeling that we have that there's actually so much hype around the Boston College football team. I don't know whether to be excited, terrified, a little bit of both, but I think we know that we're in for a tremendously interesting next uh, four months or however many months the season lasts. As as graduates of the 2013 class, we've never seen anything like this. No. As, as long no, as it's been BC terrible. fans. It's been terrible. There's been, there's been no hype whatsoever in the offseason it's been pretty much created hype between you and I yeah, that, so, that have, that yeah. Have, we, right. we've always said hey we're gonna go 10-2 and two this year so, so namely there, last year right so there's no difference here because we always expect to be 10 wins but no the one difference else does, is and this year wrong. other people are saying right it. right so it's an exciting time to be an eagle um and again it's August so, so anything can happen you know we could go anywhere from like we've, we've talked about offline we can go anywhere from four and eight to 15 and, and 15 and 0. I was going to say 15. Yeah, 15, 15 and 0. That's a better way to look at um, it. But it's, it's a great time to be an Eagle, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Matt, it sure is. Um, yeah, so a bit of housekeeping. We are recording this episode live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, for a college roommate's uh, wedding. So we're you know very excited to be together and, and talk some Eagles. So uh, a lot of stuff to unpack in this coming episode here. We're going to obviously look ahead uh, to UMass. But before that, I think we want to do a little bit of recap of offseason and camp. Uh, and then talk through the season. So you want to just get it underway with what we've what we've spoken about since the last time we've uh, been on on Mike, which was the five year reunion. Yeah, and I'm sure all you guys listen to that. But in case great you didn't, episode, our best episode <laughs> ever by far. Just in case you guys are new to the program, we are uh, Boston College football and all sports, but primarily football. Football, the authority on on Boston College football. Well, we're insiders for basketball. So we're insiders yeah, yeah. Um, for basketball. We're getting inside. Well, we're getting there for football. Someone will reach out to us. But, but yeah, if you if actually Inevitable. if you have any inside info, uh, pass it along for football as well. But anyway, we uh, we are the foremost authority um, on BC football from the fan perspective. We've been longtime fans, and um, finally, this is the year that I think, and we said it last year that we we're going to go ten and two. 
This is actually the year we go ten and two. More on that to come. More on that to come. Um, but th- that is just that's who we are. Welcome aboard if, you, if you're if you're just joining us. Um, but it's gonna be a great ride this season. Yeah. So it's been a, a very interesting off season uh, for the Boston College Eagles. Really for the for the main reason of that we finally have facilities that can compete in the ACC and with the top tier of college football. Uh, the Fish Fieldhouse opened what probably a month and a half ago, two months ago. We mentioned it on the reunion pod because we could see it from uh, where we were staying that week, but. It's a, it's a hell of a building. It, it really is a top-tier facility. Obviously, the summer is not the time where it pays dividends because we could practice outside most of the time, mm-hmm. and that would be fine. Yep. But uh, it's a gorgeous facility. It seems like the team's excited about it. Well, that's, um, that's really the thing, right? right. And, and that's, that's Recruiting and all that. Exactly. It, it's more uh, semantics than, than practicality. You want to be able to leverage that for recruits. And by the way, and I'm the biggest Steve Adazio truther you guys have truther ever met. Truther would be a negative thing, wouldn't it? Truth would be like you're, you're hiding. Way. Yeah, you'd be like you're hiding facts about Steve Adazio that no one else. I knows. believe in the truth of Steve Adazio okay, being, being a Hall really of Fame good. football coach. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, obviously, he's he's done a great job recruiting without this. Uh, you know, having any type of indoor practice facility to leverage. Um, you know, he's gotten the Harold Landry's, the, the AJ Dillons of the world. Obviously, kind of the true BC under the radar type recruits that you make absolutely elite. Now, Dillons, you know, was a was a, was a big time recruit yeah, to begin with, anyways. but as was Landry, but yeah, not as good. Landry's but a four star. I think he was three. I think you're wrong. But I anyways. looked it up before show Matt. Okay. Um, so he, but he, he's. I mean, you can go down the list, right? Yeah, Lucas sure. Dennis. He's he's recruited the the BC guy that that maybe flies under the radar that you know you you, you develop and, and you make into a big time player. That was the hallmark of the teams in the you know mid two thousands, the Matt Ryan's of the worlds, and and you know that whole roster was really a testament to to that. The under recruited people. Uh, you had your Brian Tolls and, and the guys like that that were big time recruits, but primarily it was guys that really. Outplay the number of stars that they received on, on rivals. So yeah, that's about. I mean, even Keekley was a was a three star. Exactly. So that's a great point. So so, so it, it's really Dazio was doing that before the Fieldhouse. Now we have this. He can take it to a whole new level. Yeah. So no. I'm excited I, about I'm, that. I'm with you. So I mean, and he already has. By the way, we're what, yeah. top 35 yeah, or something yeah, in is, recruiting, is, which he's is working on the best class by far. Um, so I think you know an eventful off season in that regard. I think in terms of the news that came out of of camp, it was it was pretty quiet, which is not a bad thing. Uh, well, here's the camp. camp too. It's like you can't read too much into it, right? Right. The, we had no injuries or no major injuries that we know of, which yeah. is which is good. And knock on wood, we still have a week before uh, game day. But T- to me, this offseason was all all about Brown, right? Yeah. How is Anthony Brown looking? You know, it seems like every offseason, every spring game, you're gonna have the backup quarterbacks that look, look good. like they're the Heisman candidates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's Perry, like right. Everyone looks good in practice. Uh, but it's really about how, how Anthony Brown's doing. Yeah, it's, it seemed overall kind of like a quiet camp based on the notes that they were putting out. Uh, and then that all seemed to change at the last scrimmage, the third scrimmage. Uh, you know, basically Brown and Dylan exploded. We had a GIF go viral. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you're not already, at 4th and Dude. Uh, but, it, you know, for the most part, there wasn't a lot of noise about them, which I'm fine with. I think camp, especially the press releases for camp, are... You know, I, I don't know what the purpose of them is, but they probably there's some element that says we don't want to give too much away to our opponents, whatever it might be. Uh, I fully expect Brown to be ready to go, and Dylan is is obviously going to be uh, you know a bowling ball all throughout the year. So overall, successful camp. Again, the big news being the poorly named Fish Fieldhouse, uh, <laughs> but I think we're we're full ready to go into game week and uh, excited for you know what the next 13 weeks have in store. Seems like it. And and just one quick note on Brown. It's you never know how a quarterback's going to bounce back after a knee injury, specifically an ACL. Um, you just, you, especially for a mobile quarterback, right? And you, you look through the list of, of quarterbacks that have had ACL issues, and it's pretty cut and dry. It's it's they're very rarely the same player the next season that they were beforehand. So Anthony Brown was obviously a, a promising freshman. Um, he had, you know, there was some some 
some tough games. He threw, he made some bad decisions. Um, and there's some games like UVA, right, and, and Louisville, where he broke where, out the whole where he looked the offense ex- with a team and exactly and he led right. That, so and so, assuming you know that was a devel develop geez. that could have been any word. Oh my god, that was tough. <laughs> that was a developmental yeah. uh, component. You know, he actually became you know a better quarterback later on in the year, or if it's a fluke, who knows? But either way, the the point is, you never know how a quarterback's going to bounce back from an ACL. Um, well, we'll talk about him a little bit and kind of his, the role that he needs to play in the offense. But I have I have so much confidence in him. I think that and really the season hinges on, yeah. on whether he bounces yeah, back and, and whether he makes the sure. jump. And we'll we'll get more on that later. Um, good segue here. We can kind of keep this both on and off the field. But I think it would be good for us to touch on uh, what will define a successful year for you when we look, uh, hopefully at the end of January. But what are you thinking overall? If we can look back and say, you know what, you know, Daz is what fifth year, six. Let's run through it really quick. Twenty thirteen. Redig. Murphy, 14, terrible 15, year. 16, Tolls, 17, last year. This is six year. That's that a six year. That was right. What will make Daz's six year be successful for you, not only off on the field, but off the field as well? I got a couple good notes here, but I'd like to start with what you have to say so about my, this. So my gut says eight wins, right? Eight okay. wins is kind of the baseline. Um, in any other year, I think it would be nine. And, and I get anyone that does say nine, but also we're, we're splitting hairs to something. Are you counting bowl wins in this? No. Okay. I agree. I'm talking yeah. the, the first 12 games, yeah. eight and four. Um, and the reason being, um, we have a very, very difficult slate this year, right? We, we have we have you know the the standard ACC Atlantic schedule. We got we got to play Clemson. We got to play Florida State. We got to play Louisville. Um, we got to play Virginia Tech as the crossover we'll every talk, year. We'll talk about this when we kind of go game by game. But the fact that we get stuck with Virginia Tech every year, the ACC needs to figure it out. And, and you know, obviously, there's other teams who also get bad deals. Whoever Clemson's crossover is, which I think is Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech obviously gets a terrible deal. But the fact that we get Virginia Tech every year when NC State gets, I assume, a Duke or UNC, it just it's it's so inequitable. And you know, Wake Forest as well. There's only a couple good teams uh, in the you know coastal, so it's Miami. If you get Miami, okay, that's too bad. But everyone else is a pretty easy ride besides Virginia Tech. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a perfect storm this year. We yeah, get, we get Miami and V Tech. Um, as well as the, the, the out-of-conference slate's a little bit harder than, we'll than we're used it. to, right? We'll talk so, about it. I mean, so it, it for all those it's reasons, not. It it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> for all those reasons, um, I think eight wins, eight and fours is a pretty solid year. It's not And great. that's not our prediction. Keep it's not that's great. Not no, 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 it's not. It's not. But, but that would be a successful year. We get to that that metric. I don't know how we're going to do it, but, um, you know, ideally, you know, you have A.J. Dillon. He's in the Heisman discussion, right? You get some, some big wins early. You beat who you need to beat. Um, and, you know, you, you, you kind of – you get some hype maybe. Uh, the way the schedule sets up, again um, – you have some opportunity to, to get some some potentially ranked early on in the year, right? So um, I think all of us will be disappointed if, if we don't at some point, you know, yeah. enter the top twenty five at some point this year. So um, those are some of the things that I that I think would would create a successful year. I get, but 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 eight wins is really the uh, yeah the benchmark. Yeah. So I mean, since we only have an hour here, I'll 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 be quicker uh, on my points of a successful year. That's was okay m- was mine too long? Well, you elaborated. That's I mean, that's fine. You just wanted the number, huh? Yeah, okay. I just kind of want a couple things. So Got mine it. are break the seven win ceiling. So that would include eight or higher. Okay. Uh, need a couple marquee wins. Uh, Adazio only has one top twenty five victory at BC so far, which was USC, which was tremendous. We need a couple, and this year we'll have uh, presumably four opportunities. You know, potentially more than that if NC State crawls into the top twenty five and we play them. Uh, we need to live up to the hype where we have it. Uh, specifically, you know, big seasons out of. Uh, AJ Dillon, as well as you know the O line, which many people are saying is a top five in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Allen, etc. Kind of the places that we have this preseason hype. I want to live up to that. 
And then my last one is more selfish and personal. Uh, Dude Alert, which has kind of become the anthem of, of Fourth and Dude you'll hear at the end of this episode, uh, fits very well for Boston College. I think it's starting to catch on in the you know BC Twitter circles. It's a successful year if at some point we hear that from some official capacity, whether that's played in alumni stadium. Uh, Maybe the band. We get the, the band, band involved. We get the band on it. If we have any band listeners out there. Which I think uh, we do. We probably do. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if we can get Dude Alert you know, into the repertoire, that I'm defining as successful. So selfishly, but but here we are. I think the next the next item, so what are we most excited about kind of keeping an eye on for this upcoming season? Uh, I'll, I'll start. I think a huge one that we're already seeing changing uh, is the public perception of Boston College football. For the last, I don't want to say for the full last decade, because at the early part of that, I think people still kind of respected us from the Ryan years. But, you know, at least for the last four to five years, it's just been so... It's been so easy for people to just make fun of BC football. Obviously, the uh, I don't even know what to describe the middle year as the Jeff Smith quarterback year. I don't know if that's that's not fair to Jeff, but that year uh, we obviously got a lot of flack nationwide, and that was not fun. And I think it's kind of carried over since then. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see that changing, and we're already seeing it changing. We're seeing Sports Illustrated and ESPN kind of give us some hype and give us credit. Uh, people don't realize that year, by the way, 2015, we had. One of the best defenses in the country. Yeah, we still, that's, I think, if anything, worse news that we had the best defense in the country and only won two games. I think that actually makes it worse. I would rather be terrible all the way around. Probably true. But I'm excited now that there's some hype and some people are appreciating uh, what we're doing on the Heights. Yeah, I, I think, you know, overall, um, I guess on my list, right, it's on the defensive side of the ball, we're already sitting, starting to get a ton of accolades. Um, and really, if you look at the D-line, you look at the linebackers, and you look at the, the D-backs, we have a good chance to get All-Americans on every single you know, unit. So you, you have... I would say every single unit, and, and you can even count receivers on that if you count tight end. Like, I don't know if our receivers would be All-American, but Tommy Sweeney could be All-American. Sure, yeah, you, you could, ball, you could right? very easily wind up right. with, with an All-American tight end as well. Um, so, so Zach Allen, you know, projected first-round, p- potential first-round pick last year, obviously came back. Yeah. So and and is is for this coming? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was getting some some looks last year too. Right. He would have been drafted. Um, he, he's he's a, he's a lock this year um, to go first round if he keeps up his uh, productivity. Uh, Lucas Dennis is a no brainer in, in the defensive backfield. He uh, came in second last year in the nation in picks. Um, and then Connor Strahan, who is is due for a huge comeback year um, this season. He was kind of the, the leader of the defense in 2016, leading tackler. By the way, got hurt early on. Phenomenal blue eyes. Yeah, doodle art. I mean, just a good-looking dude. Good use, good yeah. use of doodle alert. Good use there. of doodle alert, right? Absolutely. There. So, um, you know, obviously, the, the you know the the wins loss come first, and and we want to you know make some noise in the ACC and and, and be in the discussion. But uh, it's great to have you know it's because these guys for the most part aren't huge recruits either. So it speaks to the you know developmental program that Coach Adazi was established. I hate you so much. I know. I, I always kind of twist <laughs> into that, but. Uh, no, we have it, the best running back in the country, and it's not because of his natural talent or the fact that his mother was like one of the best track athletes in the history of the world. It's because Coach Adazi. We're talking about the defense. We're talking about the defense. I know. I'm just saying in general. That's whatever. The BC Keep mantra going. is to develop players. It's to recruit Men and guys for that is yeah. officially the oh, mantra. Okay. But yeah. Set the world aflame. Yeah. All right. So th- that's that's sort of what I have my eyes on. In addition to you know everything else, it's let's get some guys. Let's get some guys drafted. Let's get some hype for these guys. Um, you know that have been. You know, the leaders of, of the defense for for a few years going now, and it's it's it it sort of uh, is an easy way to, to say I want to go to Boston College when I want to be like Lucas Dennis, right? I want to be like Zach Allen. Yeah, and we the saw pipeline that, continues. we saw that obviously a little bit with Keekley. Uh, you know, he certainly has led in a uh, you know revolution of linebackers from 
the Ohio area, which we've obviously had a pipeline there, but since then there have obviously been some phenomenal players to come after him. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's – and you say with every program, but winning begets more winning. So we win and we show success and we show development and we show draft picks. That's only going to make Boston College more appealing. So uh, we'll roll with it. One thing I'm excited to keep an eye on this year, again, more selfishly and, and in-house, uh, is some of the nicknames that we're developing for this football team. So uh, A.J. Dillon has given himself the nickname Sauce. It's a, it's a good nickname. I don't know how I feel about giving yourself a nickname. Mm-hmm. That's a little controversial. I thought he had to deal with, with Mots. No, well, there was almost, I think, I think we were close to an NCAA violation there. Mm-hmm. If Mots sent him applesauce. And that's a storyline that story to watch. Keep, keep, it in, yeah, keep in mind, right? If he starts getting ESPN press, I could see them sending some, uh, some gifts, and that would not be the controversy that we need. BC football program has had our controversies with gambling and the like. The last thing we need is an applesauce scandal. So fingers crossed that does not happen this year. Um, so beyond that, you know, whatever, fine nickname. He needs a great nickname. So it's, I don't know if it lives up to the hype, but whatever. Uh, the one I'm very excited about this year, and I'm kind of going all in on it, is Tony Touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Anthony Brown, uh, again, he's, he's our guy. He, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's going to run for a lot of touchdowns. Tony Touchdowns rolls off the tongue. It's alliterative. It's, yeah, we're, again, we're big alliteration guys here, uh, as you all well know. Uh, so Tony Touchdowns, I'm really feeling good about. This one I'd like to get your opinion of. I don't think we've talked about it. I've thrown it out on Twitter a couple times. It's got mixed reactions, to say the least. So we have Hamp Cheevers, mm-hmm. who is a, a starting cornerback for us. Uh, Hamp sounds like camp. Right. Okay. Yeah. You with me so far? Yeah, so far. Yeah. Okay. So the Camp David Accords, of course, were the uh, peace agreement or the framework for the peace agreement put in place between Egypt and Israel in 1978, which, as a result, prevented any further offensive and aerial attacks, and ultimately resulted in peace and won the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm fact checking here in the background. Yep. 1978, Egypt, Israel. So that prevented offensive and aerial attacks. Camp David. Okay. Hamp Cheevers. I sort of see where you're going with this already. The Hamp Cheevers Accords. Yep. Okay, so it's Accords, and it sounds like Camp. Mm. The Accords are put in place, Hamp Cheevers is put in place to prevent further aerial attacks, because he's a cornerback, and he prevents the aerial attack. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in general? It's a little bit of a mouthful. Yeah, I just feel but like... But everybody knows I'm a history guy. I'm a humongous history guy. I think it has legs. I don't know if you need to be a smart audience to appreciate it. I, I think that having to explain the five-paragraph essay in well, order to Well, I just to, wanted to, to make fully... it very clear. I think a lot of people would get it, but I wanted to make it very clear. Well, I mean, that's asking a lot. People have to do independent research and, and look right, how about at this? Wikipedia page. You just say this. I think sauce kind of works because you don't. it, it kind of is what it is. It doesn't <laughs> mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Sense. It means nothing. That's why it works. But you could say, okay, Hamp Sheevers Accords. He prevents further offensive attacks. And then people just take your word for it that yeah. it's based on a, yeah. So I, listen, I'm on board, but I'm a history guy. So and, and I listened when you said that. Yeah. I don't think we you know we have time to educate everyone on it. But yeah, um, he's also by the way not to get football into yeah. your nicknames here, yeah. but he's don't, he's don't a, do that. He's an absolute stud. He's a turnover machine, and uh, we'll get more into that. But I can't wait to see what he does this year. Cause he's gonna be a breakout player, breakout dude, unofficially breakout dude of the year, Hamp Chiefers. And then the other, I'll, I'll stick uh, with that position group. Uh, last year we started Lucas Big Swinging Dennis again because. Dennis is spelled D-E-N-I-S. That one didn't catch on that well last year. I think it could work this year. Uh, Tony touchdowns, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think well, that's a big one. One other offseason storyline that I want to touch on yeah, real please, quick. Please, a little segue and, and we, here. Yeah, segue. Yes. And we touched on it briefly, but um, it's not just us this year that's given BC a ton of hype. We are the, uh, you know, across the board, it seems like we are the sleeper for the ACC and, and even nationwide. So um, with that said, we, we, we've gotten into Phil, Phil Steele, 
Um, a couple of the other guys, Brett McMurphy, I think, had yeah, us. Both of those guys had us in the top 25, which is um, sort of uncharted territory for us in recent years. Um, and I remember when the AP poll came out uh, last week, actually, it was it was sort of there were thoughts that maybe we were going to get involved there, right? Maybe we would, we would, we would make the cut. We'd be 20, 23 or something. Um, I'm sort of glad that we didn't. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but yeah. when it came out, I sort of had my fingers crossed. I don't want to get undeserved hype too early sort of thing. So um, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I, I don't like the idea of us without really earning anything being ranked. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this will come up in your dude or pood, but the hype is like we said at the start, uncharted territory and quite frankly kind of concerning territory i would much rather it be the type of thing where internally on the team you and i bc fans know that we're going to win 10 games and everyone else is laughing at us and we kind of catch them by surprise the fact that that's not the case and everybody i mean espn is saying it sports illustrated is saying it yahoo is saying it cbs is saying it we are the sleeper in the acc absolutely terrifies me it means no one will take a game off against us uh we're not going to take anybody by surprise I agree with you that I would prefer to not be in the top 25. I'd rather earn that. And if we start the year off and we can get into it game by game in a little bit, but if we start the year off as we expect, we'll probably end up in the top 25 by week four. But it's it's uncharted territory, and overall I, I it makes me a little sick to my stomach because I know that the letdown is going to hurt so much more if we happen to not reach the peaks that we should. Here's the deal. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if A.J. Dillon wasn't throwing people's faces into the turf and, like, those types of videos didn't go viral and but he, was, every, he wasn't yeah. getting the Heisman hype that he was, no, it, it became kind of the, the, the popular pick. The fact of the matter is, right, we we had a, kind of a soft uh, last six games last year, right? So, you know, we, we ripped off this winning streak. We won, what, five out of six to, to close the year. Um, but we haven't proved anything yet. We have a big question mark at quarterback, in my opinion. More on that later. Um, but, but I guess the, the point is... When we ultimately get ranked, which I think we will this year, we will. I yeah. want it to mean something, right? I don't want it to be like yeah, I'd like to earn it. Yeah, I, I don't want like it to, to be some some you know this team went seven and six. They they lost to Iowa in the bowl game, but then you know got all this offseason on, on hype a, on a on a high hockey rink. By oh, the way, I know, but it, we win that are, game. People are, are jumping on the bandwagon because we're returning a lot of starters, and you know we have AJ Dillon. Outside of that, we we have not proved enough to, to be anywhere close to the conversation of ranked. Um, so I think ultimately we're we're at 34 or something based on the votes received. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we're not ranked. We need that underdog mentality. And and, and I'll say one more thing too. When we were ranked mid preseason, like even going back to, to 2006, 2007. Matt, yeah, Matt Matt Ryan. Yeah. But I think that year they actually weren't. They were also in the receiving votes, which is ridiculous because they finished the year like 15 one year and got 2007 better. 2007 they then, were. Yeah. Um, it, but they underachieve. Like it, yeah. it's you have to be the underdog. I think that works. That plays better. It keeps you motivated. Yep. It, it it you have to bring it every time you're on the field. Um, I'm personally glad we're not ranked. It'd be, it'd be great for the program to be ranked. I think it's it's we'll get it's, there. It's, it's, that's the thing. We'll get there. Exactly. It's not like we're just done all year. Exactly. With the schedule, especially. Right. Um, quickly before we actually get into the overall prediction, and we can talk when we talk about that overall prediction about kind of the position groups and the fact that we have the best offensive line in the country, et cetera, et cetera. Any bold predictions for this season? Uh, I'll give an example here. We will wear the Notre Dame throwbacks that we wore at Fenway. We'll wear those at least once. Uh, mm-hmm. Reason I'm saying it is is two big reasons. One, if you follow us on Twitter, you know that there's been a large saga between this us. This has been the hill that that my co-host Matt has been dying on. We're, and there's going to be, by the way, as, as far, there's, there's going to be there's going to be more on it later. But you, all of Boston College Twitter has a big saga with Martin Jarmond regarding the use of the throwback logo. Uh, again, the one being that we wore against Notre Dame at Fenway Park in 2015. 
my prediction is that we will wear those uniforms, which are incredible uniforms, at least one time this year. Uh, big reason I say it, one, is that Martin Jarwin clearly loves them and the football program loves them. Uh, you know, Coach has, has worn uh, polos with, that, with the logo on it. Uh, other reason is that on the season tickets, on the Louisville ticket, it's you know homecoming weekend, so they make it like look like a throwback, and they have that logo on the ticket. So that's my bold prediction. Uh, other only one other one I want to throw in is that I think the beer lines will be significantly smoother and faster than they were last year. That was a horrible system last year. I think with a year under their belt to figure out kind of the efficiencies. You're really going off on a limb. On yeah, that, no, I'm completely. I'm off the field here on both of these <laughs> items. Those are my bold predictions. So if you have anything bold, you could not have a worse. Uh, process for beer lines it was than what we saw last Absolutely year. Absolutely horrible. So I that's, that's my bold that's prediction. That's a safe much prediction. Smoother. I would bet the yeah. house on that. Anything for you? Yeah, mine's on the field if that's okay. okay no, Matt. perfect because you, yeah, you got to get that too. I think it's been a while since um, our receiving core has really stepped up. Uh, it really since the days of uh, Alex Amidon, who was an absolute legend, who was yeah. underappreciated because we stunk. Um, but people don't realize that we haven't really had a receiver, uh, really a receiving presence since that time. Um, specifically, we haven't had a receiver with over 500 yards in a season um, since that time. So I like this year. I like Kobe White, with my sleeper being Mikey Walker. Kobe Beef, uh, another nickname, and then another note, Mike Walker, also a phenomenal-looking dude. I like one of them. <laughs> I and, and, and I agree. Well, I, I think one of them will finish top 10 in the ACC in receiving. I think this is going to be a big-time year for – um, you know, an aerial attack that we haven't seen in a really long time. In addition to AJ Dillon, I think we're going to be an offensive enigma this year. And I think you know, with people stacking the box, there's a ton of opportunity for us yeah, to uh, yep. to go through the air. And in a perfect world, Anthony Brown's kind of taking the leap. So that's my bold prediction. I got a receiver going at least 800 plus yards a game, finishing top 10 in the ACC. 800 yards a game. That's a heck of a game performance. Is that what I said? Yeah, you said 800 yards a game. I meant for the season. Okay. So. Well, stick to That's a bold prediction. You say 800 yards a game. That's a very bold prediction. I'm going to go 800 yards for the season, okay. Matt. A little, little easier. So, um, and also, Travis Levy wins the Heisman. Okay. So that's, that's an inside pod joke. I, I predicted last year uh, Travis Levy to be a better running back than A.J. Dillon. Uh, last year at this time. That just did not work out. It was one of the worst things I've ever said in my to life. To be fair, so. I said that Tony uh, Tony Touchdowns should not get anywhere near the field in the first six weeks, and it should be Darius Wade's show, and with Darius Wade, we'll win 11 games. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, by we the had, way, Darius Wade, who is now the third-string quarterback at University of Delaware. Yes. So, Something you hate to see. Hopefully the bold predictions this year don't uh, slap us in the face like they did last year. Well, if mine do, if we don't wear the throwbacks, I can live with that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Yours are you're a little more out of the limb, I guess. Yeah, exactly. There. Um, so let's get into the overall prediction. I want to just uh, cover this for you know five minutes or so before we get into our traditional segments that everyone has come to know and love, as well as some UMass preview. Um, we can kind of talk briefly game by game. We were discussing offline a little bit. The schedule works out in kind of a funny way where it's almost uh, you know two game sets back to back to back that get increasingly more difficult. Syracuse being the obvious outlier, but obviously start with the two easiest ones uh, with Holy Cross and UMass. You get two early tests that. Uh, you know, should be winnable if we are the team that we think we are uh, with Wake and Purdue. Temple, again, obviously, you know, is one of the easier groups. And then you get into the harder ones in the ACC, uh, starting with Louisville, NC State. And then it gets into the gauntlet that everyone at this point is well versed with because it's all anyone talks about when they talk about the Boston College season preview. But the home to Miami, the at Virginia Tech, the home to Clemson at Florida State stretch, uh, really a nightmare. Again, speaks to a little bit we were talking about earlier with the crossover. But uh, it does work out nicely in the sense that we can build confidence as we go if we continue to win. What are your overall thoughts on how this year is going to shake out? So I'll out? give you a number. I'll give you my official number. It's 9-3. and three. Okay. And I'm feeling good about it. Um, I think there's there's a, a, a ton of 
opportunity to be anywhere around that number. I know you're a math guy. The standard deviation there is probably about six. Yeah, am, I using, that, am I using that correctly? Kind of. I mean, you can't go positive six because you can't get fifteen. I mean, the you plus minus this is three. not just standard. Well, it's kind of it kind of is. The, yeah, it's the range, but you can't go fifteen and three. So you can't have a standard deviation of six at nine wins because then you can't win fifteen games. All right. So here's how I'll bisect the season yeah, here. Cool. So I think the I guess we'll talk about the, the sort of the, the easier ones first, right? So um, it wouldn't be Boston College if we didn't lose kind of a, a what the f game. Colorado um, State, exactly, right? Um, and even in, else, going back in the day, yeah, and, and I'm thinking back to 08 when we're actually yeah. a good team, right? We lost to Maryland or yep. 07. It was we lost Syracuse, to Maryland. It was, Maryland yeah. was like three and nine that year. Yeah, they yeah. beat us, right? When we were ranked number number four in the, in the country, whatever. Exactly, Florida State, right? Well, we lost Florida State, no, and then, then, then we followed Maryland. it up yeah, with yeah, a Maryland loss, right? So. Um, so I think we'll lose a, a what the f game to either like a Temple or a Syracuse. I know that's kind of a hot take, but it wouldn't be BC if we didn't do that. And also Eric Dungey, who was the the Syracuse quarterback, just scares the crap out of me. He always plays BC's tough. He just seems like a mean guy. And we've had some uh, we've had some issue with Syracuse. I think, I think, I think it's like season. a nice story. I think he like had I think he was one who had cancer and he came back and fought through it. So it's actually no, a nice that's story. Rex Culpepper, who okay. we beat by like forty last year. Okay, then f Eric Dungey. Yes, okay. he's he's a mean guy. He like yeah, bad guy, yeah. bad guy alert. Um, Better so, or worse than Dave Doran? Uh, about 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 evil. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. evil, so evil that's, people. That's one loss there, right? So we'll, we'll say we'll wow, say that's Sy- one of your losses. We'll out say of your either, Temple Syracuse. Yeah, either that's, Temple okay. Syracuse. I don't, maybe Purdue. I don't think so. I think frankly. I don't want to go off a tangent here. I think Purdue stinks. People forget that Purdue is apparently like a two-win team. Yeah, but, okay, but they, they, the Jeff Brown came in and fixed some things. They were they were a pretty good team last yeah, year. Yeah. So, but is is was last year an aberration or, or is that you know what really a two-win program? We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not scared of them. I'm more scared of like a Temple or a Syracuse. Uh, so that's one loss there. The typical powers like your Louisville's, your Florida States, and your Virginia Techs. I think Double we Louisville on that group. Louisville's belong in that group. I think over the last five years they absolutely do. Maybe over the last five years the Lamar Jackson years, but they're not. They're not in the Florida State Clemson group. Oh, I think they're the last five years they've. Uh, they're in that. Okay. The top three of the ACC Atlantic every single year. So. Um, right, but because of their. All right, we're getting off track. But because yeah, of Lamar Jackson. Yes. Can you just let me. I wrote this down. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. All right. All right so out of those three that have had our number, yep. the exception of last year, it was the first time we beat Louisville since NAM. Um, I think we take two of those three. I think both all three of those programs are down this year, um, but I think we can, we can you know, we'll probably lose one. Okay, so that's two losses. Right? Yeah, so we got two. Um, and then I think we'll knock off Miami. Right, I think that they're overrated. They have some questions at quarterback, um, and then obviously the last loss. I think we'll probably lose. We'll lose to Clemson. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we'll take care of business. Otherwise, we have AJ Dillon, so like our floor is pretty low. We're not going to lose to to shitty teams because AJ Dillon will just take over, right? So um, I think nine and three feels like the right number this year. Yeah, I don't completely disagree with you, and I'm pretty close. I'm officially going to go in at uh, ten and two uh, as my official number here. Which I know I pick every year, but this year I actually think there's a legitimate chance for it. So, we, if you look at across the position groups, we have a top five offensive line in the entire country. Uh, we have a top five running back in the entire country. We have one of the best defensive back units in the entire country. I think a lot of people consider that. Not everyone does. Um, What's the most important position, though? Uh, offensive line. Well, quarterback. Okay. Right. Offensive line. Okay. I'm a, you know, I'm an Adazio guy. Okay. Uh, but, you know, our, our, our D-backs, there's some light questions at the cornerback position due to size, but uh, both Taj and, and uh, Ham Cheever's Accords, you know, did very well last year when when, uh, when needed. One of the top five defensive ends in the country, and Connor, Connor Blue Eyes and Richardson back at linebacker. Overall pretty John strong. Lamont. You got to mention John Lamont. 
John Lamont, yeah. John Lamont was ACC, the guy last year. ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year by some metrics, but we couldn't figure out. If you checked sort of a, a yeah, weird source, like, he, was, yeah, yeah. he won the ACC this Rookie of the Year. the fourth dude named him that. Um, but, you know, overall, we should be a very good team, I think, 10-2. and two. I think we want to go... Who are your losses? So we want to go schedule by schedule. I think we lose, lose one of the four, of the big four. Um, again, being that four-game stretch, Miami through Florida State. You can make a case against all of them. Getting Clemson at home is huge. Miami, we'll talk about them in Duteous Corpus in a little bit. Consistently, I think, overrated. Uh, Virginia Tech has lost basically everybody on the defensive side of the ball, either draft or expulsion. Uh, and then Florida State, yeah, they you know they get Francois back. But otherwise, you know, I think we took care of business against them last year. So I think we do drop one of those four. Um, and then I'm kind of with you in a, in a WTF loss. I don't think it'll be a Temple-Syracuse. I think it'll be one of uh, Wake, Purdue, Louisville, uh, NC State. My concern here for the year is that the margin for error is is razor thin. So we think that we're going to have a good team. If we are slightly better than we expect, this legitimately could be 11-1, 12-0. If we are even a hair worse than we expect, it could very quickly get very bad. If you look at the toss-up games, uh, you know, I think we have at least four strong toss-up games being Wake, Purdue, Louisville, NC State. If we're a little bit worse than we expect, I mean, there's we, we could... Theoretically, I don't think we will. We could theoretically lose, you know, three out of those four games. Uh, similarly, if we're a little bit worse than we expect, we'll lose all four of those tough ones, you know, in that hard stretch. So, if we are just slightly underwhelming, if there's an injury, if there's something like that, I mean, I can conceivably see us winning, you know, four or five games. I don't think that will happen. I think we'll win ten or eleven games. But the reason the hype scares me so much is that I know that the margin for error is so small and that this could ultimately be one of the biggest heartbreaks of all time. But I don't want to think about that right now because it's UMass week and there's nothing but optimism when we've won. Uh, and it hasn't been this exciting to be a BC football fan probably since, you know, I started freshman year. Listen, I mean, I think we have a lot of pieces this year. There's such a big question mark at quarterback. And if he, if Anthony Brown is not a healthy and be significantly more consistent than he was last year. Um, we could be anywhere from five and seven to mm-hmm. potentially even worse. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's as simple as we just need a throw game because you know we just need to open it up. We just need to, and and it should be a simple you know out route. Either Anthony can do a scramble uh, or just out routes to Sweeney, and that will be enough to open it up. So it should be a simple game. But I mean, I'm not a college football coach for a reason. I don't know how this stuff actually works. Agreed. Agreed. But fortunately, we get Stevie A on our side. He, he is a college, he is a college history, coach. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's let's roll right into our segments, all backed by popular demand. Uh, just kind of a recap. Is, du- is Duderpood back this year? Duderpood is back fully by oh, popular demand. Huge. We were almost going to get rid of it. And then everyone was like, you guys can't get rid of Duderpood. That's the only reason I listen to this podcast. So for the rundown, we got Duderpood. We have Duder the Week, which are two different things. And, and people don't always get that. But those are two different things. Mm-hmm. We have Eagles in the Wild, which is a, re- a late edition uh, at the end of the year. And then we have everybody's second favorite behind Duderpood, Dudius Corpus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to start with a quick Eagles in the Wild. I don't know if you have much. I have two quick hitters. Jerome Robinson, lottery pick. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, first lottery pick in the history of Boston College. And then second one, big shout out to uh, probably our closest friend in the entire program, uh, Patrick Tolles. Uh, giving up football life to become a missionary. So real men and women for others there. I only spent one year at Boston College, but he really uh, took the Jesuit ideal mindset. He's making the world a better place. So... Uh, best wishes to Patrick, and of course, anytime he wants to come on as a third host, more than welcome. Or second host, Matt. Frank, he can have host. your job, have my frankly. Job. Um, I'll hit on the uh, the NFL draft. You hit on the NBA draft. Uh, we're quickly becoming defensive back you mm-hmm. over here. 
Uh, so Cam Moore and Isaac Yidem both got drafted and are, are seeing some minutes here for, uh, I think, the Broncos, Broncos. and uh, another team that we can't remember, the Saints. I don't think that's it. It might be the Saints. I don't know. I just make that up. Uh, so they got drafted, uh, which makes it the third consecutive year that we've gotten a defensive back drafted. Um, John Johnson and Justin Simmons were, were drafted prior to that. So, um, again, not a, not a huge Justin Simmons concern. had a kid, by the way. Eagles in the Wild. Congrats wow, to Justin that's, that's some homework there. I didn't know no, that. No, you tweeted at him when it happened. Sounds like a deleted tweet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, uh, you know, we're O-line on you, right? We're, uh, you know, we, we typically have, you know, certain strengths. Defensive back isn't historically one of them, so it's great to see that we're uh, we're spitting out some D-backs. Um, so that's that's Eagles in the wild. Matt, I'll just do my dude of the week real quick, and it's going to be a different one than you're used to hearing from me. It's going to be Coach Steve Adazio. I didn't see that coming. So, and, and I'll just give you a quick history lesson, right? Yeah. So, so Coach Adazio, back in 2013, takes over a 2-10 and 10 team, right, from Spaz, who stopped recruiting, like, back in the Stone Age. He immediately made us a 7-win program, right? A 5-win difference the immediate next year, right? Yeah. And we've been a, a, a consecutive 7-win season with the exception of the Jeff Smith years, you, as you noted, was just kind of a lost year. So, yeah, nothing you can do there. This is the, and I know it's year six, and it's taken longer than a lot of people wanted, but we officially have our dudes in place. We're officially getting the hype. We have a Heisman contender in the backfield. This is a year where every, all the pieces have come together, and it, it's the program that Steve Adazio has been envisioning from, from day one and sort of preaching about since that time as well. So um, a lot of coaches you know, don't really you know, have a vision and, and see it through all the way, or they don't have time, but, but credit BC – for, for you know, giving Coach the patience and credit Coach for, uh, for recruiting his butt off, for building this program the way that he you know, has always envisioned it. Um, he's my dude of the offseason and beyond. And beyond. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not as uh, in his jockstrap as you are and as you always have been. Uh, but I do think, you know... Well, you wanted him fired uh, week four last year. I did, year. yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people did. And I think a lot of rational people did. Obviously, it came together and it was beautiful. Uh, and I'm happy that it wasn't the case. But, you know, I, I, I don't regret anything there. Um, what I am excited about is that he finally has a top-tier offensive line unit. He's an offensive line coach. That's kind of how his offense has always been built to run. He's had, obviously, some good linemen in his time at BC. But he's never had a unit like this. So I am very excited um, you know, I think it gives him a great opportunity here. He finally has his cornerstone in place. And it's not what just a one-year thing, No, right? it's not. No, it's no, a no, consistent no. pipeline yeah, that he's yeah. built. He has, um, you know, firmly planted BC in some of the, the key recruiting hotbeds. Um, there's a lot to look forward to, even if they have a bad year, right? And I'll get more, in, more into this later, but, like, I can't wait till we lose to, I don't know, uh, Purdue or, or whoever, right? And everyone's calling for his head. Well, again, I can live. Right? I can live. With, I can live with the Purdue loss because it's non-conference. I can live with a non-conference loss. If we lose to Wake, I'll be very unhappy. I, I would live with the Purdue loss. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick, I just. Do you think we're going to contend for the ACC this year? Does, I, does I, it really yes. matter that much? I do at eleven and one and ten and two. We are absolutely contesting for the ACC. I, I know, but I, I think next year is like Clemson, and we'll get more into Clemson later. But they're. As good a defense in the history of college Phenomenal. football, right? And, and it's too bad because Wilkins is a Springfield kid. Uh, would have been nice to have him. Oh, but I mean, that's not here we go. That's no one's fault. I'm yeah. just saying it would be nice to have him. Okay. Uh, you know, the way we kept doing. Yeah, but okay. uh, Duder Pood again. Who's your dude of the week? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't do mind. Um, so due to the upcoming season, even you're confused by this. I'm sorry. Dude, I don't, I don't, I don't get any of this. Of the week. My dude of the upcoming season is Zach Allen. Uh, 
again, I don't think that's a surprise. He's probably the second most important player on this team behind A.J. Dillon. Uh, he had a huge year last year in Harold's uh, absence due to injury. Absolutely outplayed Landry last year. Right, even well, when I mean, they were both he was on the field. But yeah, I mean, he, so he's he's going to be a, a top, uh, a first-round pick this year, assuming no injuries again, knock on wood. He's also a great chess player. I didn't know that. Yeah, Jason Baum uh, tweeted that out this week. He's a really good chess player. And the only other thing I'll note is that I think it's kind of funny that our best two players both wear number two. I don't know if there's any significance. It was on my list too, Matt. Yeah, I, and it's, it's, it's just I don't know I what can't it tells think of me, any other it's... college program or any team in the in the world. Yeah, where two two of the top players wear the same number, but I love it. I kind of do too. It's kind of weird, but it's you know you could do the respect with the Derek Jeter thing. Ooh, uh, I love that. AJ Dillon did it a couple times. Ooh, next. But whatever. Uh, overall, Zach Allen is going to be the cornerstone of this defense. I think if we get pressure the way we expect him to get pressure, it's it's going to be especially on that side of the ball. Uh, moving into Duder Pood. Again, just to kind of recap for our new listeners, due to the week is, is an individual thing. Due to Pood is just kind of a, a good and a bad thing. Uh, it does honestly doesn't make a lot of sense. We came up with it in our first episode, and we're going to roll with it. I'll start it off. Uh, my dude is summer reading. It's the summer. Uh, kind of out of left field, but specifically. Hmm. Specifically, I read a book this summer called Tales from the Boston College Sideline. It was written by our former uh, SID. I think it was the SID before Dick Kelly. What's SID um, stand for? Student Sports, Sports Information, Information Director. Director. I got it. Or like the spokesman. I got it. Uh, Send it out. Very interesting read. Uh, very easy, quick read. It's just, you know, it's a bunch of like, you know, two paragraph little uh, vignettes throughout kind of the history of the program starting in the 1900, you know, 1900 when the program was founded all the way through now. As someone who's only been a fan of the program since I've gone to school here, which is, what, 10 years ago, uh, it's really awesome to get kind of the history behind the program and you read into you know funny stories from the locker room and the Flutie days and even before that when they were traveling to the Cotton Bowl and uh, you know back when the Holy Cross rivalry was great a very interesting look into the history of the program highly recommended for all Boston College Eagles fans the last page basically ends on the day that Steve Adazio is hired um, so it obviously segues nicely into the future into the world that we're living in now so that's my dude yeah Matt, I haven't read a book since uh, about 1998. I picked it up. I picked it up this this year. Reading in general, I got back into reading this year, so I recommend it. Can I? Uh, I, I like to flip the script real quick. I like to do my poo before my dude. Yeah, you know that, right? Well, everyone knows that. All right. So my poo this year um, is going to be. We did lose some coaches in the off season, um, and every you know good business leader says you know that's just a, a fact of life. If you if you hire good people and you develop good people, they're going to jump to other jobs. Um, we, we lost coach Pasqualoni to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia coached yeah. at Q's with him back in the day. Northeast guy. If you're a Northeast football guy, you overlap. You know Paul so Pasqualoni. Many ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, at there's one point or another, you there, and Paul right. Pasqualoni you know, cross swords or whatever. Right. right. I'm just using that you know, no, metaphorically. I mean, probably, probably literally oh, as no, well. No, I think no, that's a football guy move. Uh, obviously, uh, Coach P had a, had a ton to do with the, the – he was the D-line coach, right, for, for BC the last couple of years. Um, and we've had a, a really solid unit, obviously, with Landry, um, you know, being pretty much the best D lineman in 2016. Um, and then again with, with, with Allen last year. Um, so the hope is that those guys don't take a step back. We also lost Coach Justin Fry. I'm less really concerned about that one because, like you said, yeah, Dazio is an O line yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, right. right um, but, right. but Fry went to UCLA to, to coach the line under uh, Chip Kelly. Well, you know, credit, it shows credit to. Coach getting great – I mean, you want good – like you said, you want good guys. Absolutely. You want them to go to Chip Kelly's program. I mean, it sucks, you know, and, and the hope is that BC becomes a uh, end-of-the-road program because we become that good. But right now we're not, and that's okay. If guys are taking big steps up, that's a good sign. And you think about last year too, I mean, all the injuries the line had and the guys that stepped up, like a Ben Petrula, who 
had never played center before. Uh, I don't know how much you know to, to attribute that to uh, a guy like Justin Fry versus you know you know the, the program or Adazio or whatever, but um, that that that'd be my boot is you never know how coaching losses are going to impact the uh, the production of those guys. Sure. So I'm going to go more off the field uh, than you did for my boot. Uh, back to you always friend. do, Matt. I do. I always do. I, I find little annoyances in daily life. You don't uh, know that much about sports in the grand scheme of things. You're you're, you're more of a beer line and I'm a, Jersey guy. Look, I'm an atmosphere and, guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm an atmosphere guy. I like the I like the total program. Uh, my pood is Martin Jamond continuing to lead us on with this logo change. We touched on it a little bit earlier in the episode. All he does on game day, all he does at charity events, all he does is wear gear from the Notre Dame game at Fenway in 2015. He's almost doing it to trigger. He at almost this is point. doing it to trigger us at this point, and it's it's you. remarkable. I, I'm cool. I'm cool. But it's with, everyone. Know. ATL Eagles on yeah. the same page. There's a lot of people who are on the same page with this, and. You know, one shirt could be, okay, he found that in the closet. They made it for the coaches at Fenway. Every single shirt he wears now is custom made and it's new. It's using the new Under Armour style and then it has this logo on it. So it's very clearly he's communicating with his contacts over there saying, hey, you know, I need this gear, whatever. Um, they were, they've released some shirts into the uh, store, but they're more like t-shirts with kind of a, a retro look to them, not anything Under Armour. Yet somehow he has this unlimited supply of Under Armour. So clearly there are some conversations going on the back end. I don't know why he won't just admit it and say, yeah, we're going to make the change. And everyone would absolutely love it. Uh, that's my poot is that he continues to lead us on and he won't actually make the change. He won't let us buy it. Just I will let me say, buy I a will game day too, polo. It's, it's not just, just it's you. It's insane. It, no, it's not just me. Right. You'll tweet something out about it right. and we'll get like the most retweets. Yeah, you want to go viral. Like, tweet literally about, everyone right. exactly. is on board with that. So exactly. uh, I think he, he will do it eventually. He's waiting for the right time. Maybe so when we're 7-0, it's like, hey guys, here you go. Here we go. Um, all right, I, I want to so, run through. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, you got more? Yeah, I got a dude. Oh, you got, oh, you have to, oh, sorry. I didn't know you went out of order there. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I, I did, remember I did my poo. Yeah, you do it. My, yeah, dude. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, my dude this year is going to be uh, how much money I'm going to make betting on AJ Dillon to win the Heisman. It's incredible his current odds. He's he's plus 3,300. Um, if you look at some of the other guys, it's it's outrageous. Uh, and, and everyone's hyping up. Uh, you know Bryce Love out of Stanford and, and phenomenal jo- stats. Jonathan Taylor, phenomenal stats out of Wisconsin. Yeah, they're both tremendous. But you know guys. why, right? It's part it, and it's a poo within the dude is. We play against some of the best defenses in the country. We, we play uh, Miami as a top defense. Clemson is obviously the, the best defense in the country. Virginia Tech is always solid, solid with Bud Foster, right? Those They don't play defense in the Pac-12. They don't. Run and gun, West Coast offense, 60, Wisconsin, 65 to 55 was, Exactly. Finals, so yeah. he's going to put up, you know, 2,000 yards easy. They should, like, somehow, like, uh, so what I'm thinking, uh, uh, extrapolate, extrapolate. The, the competition. There needs to be a stat. Maybe I'll come up with it. You know, it's not exactly Maybe. like a CPA thing, but I can probably Maybe. figure it out, right? Maybe, yep. And it can be like, all right, so if I gained 250 yards against Oregon, that's equivalent to, uh, I don't know, maybe 90 yards against Clemson, right? Sort yep. of thing? Yep. So, I, I don't know. My, my, my concern is that this will become, I mean, AJ Dillon will be in the Heisman race, right? But he's competing yeah, against ESPN, Bryce Love. ESPN and, had him as in, and, their, in their top 10 people to watch today. And Jonathan Taylor, who is playing in the weak side of the Big Ten, right? Wisconsin plays nobody. They play against Rutgers. Like, I could I could rush for 200 yards against Rutgers. Um, so it sucks that, you know, AJ. It, it's great that I can bet on A.J. Dillon to win the Heisman. But my concern is that he's not going to get the credit that he's due because we play a hard defensive schedule. Whereas the Big Ten's a joke, that side of the, the division that at least. The and division, then the Pac-12 yeah. is also a joke defensively. So those guys will put up big numbers. But I will make big money. Based on the odds that, that Bovada currently has. I want to dovetail off of that quickly. So Jonathan Taylor is obviously a phenomenal running back. Mm-hmm. We talked about nicknames earlier. Jonathan Taylor I Thomas. I feel like there's Pitcher a lot you it. could do with that, Jonathan right? Jonathan Taylor like Thomas. Like a Simba reference uh, or yeah, a yeah. home improvement yep. reference. Like on There's the a page. lot you could do with that. 
So I'm a little jealous that we don't have anyone with a uh, name very similar to a 90s child star. Well said. Anyways, moving on. Let's do it very quickly. Let's do about uh, three minutes on Dudius Corpus. Uh, again, we bring teams into the courtroom of Fourth and Dude, and then we consider them, what is it, either uh, innocent or guilty. Guilty or, I don't know or not guilty, them. or maybe so, we sell out of court. Right, so Clemson, uh, really quick, I'm going to charge them with being really good. They are guilty of being really good. They are the number two team in the country. There's no other take here. They are no incredible. They are so good. Their the front only, seven is scary. The only thing is there is potentially a quarterback controversy. Um, I think they have a freshman that who knows how good he is, but Kelly Bryant was more than sufficient with right. that defense. doesn't really matter. Right. Okay, Virginia Tech being uh, charged of being good, the number 20 team in the country. For me, they are... They're guilty of being good for me. Okay, they're innocent for me because I think they're super overrated. Okay, I, I I disagree. I think Josh Jackson's a stud. I think they beat us pretty handily last year. I think Fuente is a good coach. Fuente's I think they, they had off the season issues. I don't think that really matters their, in the grand scheme of things. Their, right? their defense is absolutely decimated. They lost a ton of. They lost like I think they four starters so to draft. Strongly, though, they lost Matt. four players to draft, and they like yeah, expelled another five. I, I know they did. Their defense is is eviscerated they this have year. A, a great their offense is good. Though, and Fuente and is great. Uh, uh, okay. That's not that that's a that's one of those that I think a lot of people are down on Virginia Tech this year. That's a scary. And every year to play Virginia Tech is, is okay. So that's a mistrial. That's a mistrial. Yeah, I think we can. I think okay. we can say that. Florida State. Oh, Ver- oh. they're, they're being charged with being good. Uh, uh, How about this? No, I'm, no. Florida I'm throwing State, it out of court. Florida State is charged with being overrated. Are they guilty or innocent of being overrated? I lost you there. Florida State, where you're charging them with the crime of being overrated. Are they guilty oh, of being overrated? Yeah. yeah, they are so guilty of being overrated. Yeah. So so. But Florida State, I mean... Glad you followed me on that one. You figured it out nicely there. Yeah, it wasn't that common. Oh, you fought through it. it we good. obviously smoked them 35-3 to last year, right? Yep. I'm not scared of, of uh, James Blackman, but if, if Francois wins the job, he absolutely... Which he should. He lit us up. He well, should, and he probably will. He's had a ton of off-the-field off issues. Yeah. They don't like his leadership, all that. Who knows if that's actually going to end up happening. We play them late enough in the year, they'll probably have it figured out, but... Um, if Blackman's the guy, I think we win that easily. If Francois is the guy, maybe it's 50-50, right? All right. I, I think they're overrated as well. I think they're the same team as as last year. Plus, Cam Akers, though. He's a, he's a good running back. Yeah, let's. Cam Akers is not half of AJ Dillon. And everybody on. I wish I could short that. I wish I could short that Heisman. If you look at the odds, if you look at the way everyone's writing about Player of the Year, Cam Akers is getting so much more love than AJ Dillon, and it is pathetic. And it just shows how little people know actually about college football. In my mind, it's it's in the Atlantic. It's Clemson, BC, and everyone else. Yeah. Which I know is very homer to say, but whatever. Yeah, but it was true. And the Coastal, it's Miami, Virginia Tech, and then Duke's my sleeper. So okay. Yeah, some people, I've seen some people, some love for Duke. Uh, last one I want to do in the ACC, and then we can talk about uh, just quickly the overall state of the nation. Uh, Miami is being charged with being overrated. For me, they are significantly guilty. They play in a cupcake division. Mm-hmm. They do play well when the lights are on. They, they, they had about two really good games last year. I think yeah. one of them was against Notre Dame, and I forget the other one, maybe Florida State, where they played phenomenal. Uh, every other game, they limped by. They limped by a terrible Virginia team. They beat Virginia Tech badly, too. Okay. You're right. So that was one they showed up for. Yeah. That was a big game. I remember right. that. But they almost lost to UNC. They did lose to Pitt. They did lose to Pitt. Right. Like they every almost game. lost to Syracuse. So if, if anything, I'm a little frustrated that it's a Friday night you know, ESPN primetime game. I would almost prefer that this is a noon kickoff on ESPN 3 because they would you know, sleep through it and we'd kill them. Um, if they're up for it, they can play well. But uh, overall, I think they're overrated. We have a better defensive back unit than them. Sorry, Danny Boy Kane. Uh, overall, they are significantly overrated in my book. I'm with you. No, nothing to add there. Uh, last studious corpus bit. Just give really quickly your final four. All right. Uh, Clemson, Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin. Like it. And then get this. West Virginia. West Virginia is your I'd like sleeper. them to win the Big 12 and get in. Interesting. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm with you on the first three. 
Jeez, number four. I probably should have been more prepared for this. I told you offline, remember? Hey, Matt, get your final you four ready. You told me it earlier, and I, I did not get it ready. Uh, I'll go with those three, and I'll have my fourth to be named later. I'll name it next week. Okay. All right. That's, okay. Uh, Anything else for Duty's Corpus, or let's talk UMass? Let's talk some UMass. Let's go. Huh? All right, let's do it kind of quick here, because I know we're, we're this has been a long episode, but you know, let's do 10 minutes of UMass, and then we'll... Uh, yeah, man, I don't know how to research for UMass. So yeah, I think no, it'll, be, it'll be quick. So... You, yeah, go ahead. Start kind of with their strengths and weaknesses and, and how we match up. I'll, I'll give you the information I know about them. UMass okay. stinks. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm So, obviously, they went 4-8 and eight last year. Not obvious, but I looked that up. They went 4-8 and eight last year. They went 0-6 oh in their first six games. Um, they do stink. That said, they played us tough the last couple of years. Oh, also, they've also returned everyone from that team. But, yes, yeah, so that's the good news, right? They returned everyone. That's good news. But the, the bad news is they stunk last year. They did play, you know, some of the top teams pretty tough. Tennessee, Mississippi, Tennessee stunk with Mississippi State, right? Yeah, uh, was it was Ole Miss or Mississippi State. One, Mississippi one of State, them. Yeah. yeah, wow, they have a tough, tough slate there. They, huh? They're independent. They just play everybody. Isn't that weird? Yeah, they should. They join have a, someone they should good join a conference. In. Yeah, um, but either way, I think the the with the momentum that we have uh, compared to what, at the end of the day, this should not be a game. That's I, I, my analysis. I agree. They have a senior quarterback. Um, but this is not this is the 11th out of 12 game that I'm worried about from an upset standpoint. Yeah, a holy cross. Yeah, uh, we'll run through just really quickly. So it will be the best UMass team we've played so far. What that says, who knows? Uh, they do have a strong, consistent offense. Their quarterback Andrew Ford was a VATEC recruit. Played really? There. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if he ever played there, but he transferred. He's a big time quarterback. Last year he put up 22 touchdowns, four picks, 2,900 yards. Very good year. Very consistent. Does not make a lot of sense. 31 points per game last year. The negative side for them, their O line is pretty terrible. Uh, they allowed 127. Se- oh, no, I'm sorry, they were 127th in sacks allowed last year, which is about works out to about four per game. Uh, so our defense. Should Ooh, and we have a good eat. defense. Yeah, Zach, yeah. Zach Allen should absolutely eat the Rays. Uh, Ray Smith and Y Ray should have you know a hell of a day. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost much of their D line. So our O line should absolutely feast. They are undersized. We should just be able to push them around the field all day long. They did shut down Mississippi State last year defensively, but Mississippi State, uh, I think, kind of sucked. Um, so we should be able to score. Well, they allowed 34 points. To Mississippi State? Yeah, looking at it. Yeah. Tennessee, maybe I was thinking? Yeah, Tennessee, they lost 17-13. 17 17 I mean, Tennessee stunk. They did know. lose to Temple, who also lost to UConn. So something uh, to think about uh, there, transitive property. At the end of the day, this is not a game we're worried we about. We should go to score. And if they lose this game, our season's over. Our right. podcast is canceled. Yes. Uh, give me your tailgate ability score. Again, reminder, Ooh. out of 30, this year we're doing 30 Bud Lights. We did 30 Natties last year, oh. but we're we're in our late 20s now. We didn't talk about that. We're both, uh, you know, we're both in, in, we're both engaged, so we're grown up now. We can't drink 30 Natties anymore, but we can still drink 30 Bud Lights. Wow. Okay. All right. So, so I just wish you'd run things like that by me. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, pre-show. Uh, I have 25.8 Bud Lights. Wow. I know it's high. That I know. Is, what are you doing? This football's back, baby. That's why. I, I bumped like it up. Pre-season I bumped game. it up 10, 10 BLs. Uh, because of that, football is officially back. Tailgate season's back. Uh, it's been circling my calendar since the bowl season last year. I'm so ready to uh, to get out there, watch some football, and, and for BC to be undefeated. Okay, uh, I'm with you. On, I'm with you on the excitement. And aspect you want to get it. the weather and well, all that. I don't have the internet. I'm at I'm at your apartment. I don't have the internet connected. So do you mind pulling up the Chestnut Hill weather you wanna, uh, for next Saturday? Because that is going to affect my tailgate ability yeah, score. Some I'll give the I'll give the positive stuff. So it is opening weekend. Football is back. That's always exciting. However, Labor Day is a negative. People have plans on Labor Day. They're doing other things. The last thing they need to do is to do a uh, you know game in Chestnut Hill against a, medi- a, a not a mediocre opponent, a, ne- a bad opponent. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really move the needle. Um, normally, it's good weather, and we will know. Am showers, Matt. Am showers. What? No, no, no. That's oh yeah. Am showers, seventy four. Yikes. The, that's not great. 
All right, that knocks it down even a little bit further, yeah, and it's, it's a small it's opponent. Literally like five, ten days away. I'm gonna go seventeen and a half Bud Lights. It's just not exciting. I'm looking forward to obviously watching it. Um, How many? Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it, but I wouldn't like be psyched to go tailgate this game. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm just I'm excited about football. You give twenty six Bud Lights. That's that's a lot of excitement. Yeah, I kind of panic there. Okay, uh, moving on to the top five plus six man notable alumni. Ooh, here we go. All right, it's a pretty good list. Uh, it was. I'll say that. It was a good list, man. You can start. Um, all right, I will go first. Uh, why don't you go first, Matt? Okay, I mean, I think I think there's only one number one overall pick, Al Skinner. Yeah. Al Skinner, former Boston College basketball coach, should have never fired him. Uh, UMass basketball standout, number one overall pick, and it's not even close. I got um, Rob Cordry. Oh, just a quick note on Al Skinner. Al Skinner, by the way, is... One of the best, not only coaches, but just the best humans of all time. That guy can wear a suit. Good dresser. He, he can wear a suit. He can wear the, the crap out of a suit. Speaking with, of, if Men's with, Clothing of Watertown wants to sponsor us, I would take yeah, that. Actually, we should tag them we should if take they have that. a Twitter. We should take that. Um, I don't know if you guys are Ballers fans. I am. Rob Cordry. I didn't do a great job with this alumni list here, Matt. But Rob Cordry um, is the guy from Ballers. He was also in uh, old school. I think he was a pledge, right? He, was he yep. one of the guys from wor- the Mitch's work that was trying to join the pledge? He might have been. Either way, he was in the. He was, he was in old school. I don't know. Yeah, he was one of the pledges. Um, I think he might be in even Stevens as well. But I'm not hot sure. tub time machine. Hot and also office, office Christmas party. office Christmas party. Very funny, funny movie. Underrated. Very movie. funny movie. Let's Highly go. recommend. That's why. That's why uh, we had wow. a good podcast. How about that, huh? All right. So that's that's that. That's a great. That's a great get for them. Matt. All right. Number three. Who do you got? Uh, I have Bill Pullman, who was President Thomas J. Whitmore in Independence Day. Sort of outacted by Will Smith in that film, but uh, a great a great film nonetheless, and a great alum for UMass. We will not go quietly into the night. Um, I'll go number four here. It, it, again, it's a good alumni list. I'm going to keep it in the sports world. I'm going to go with Brianna Scurry. She was the United States goalie, goalie. in the yep. net, was it 98? No, 2000. Whatever 99. Yeah, whatever that 99, won. 99 World Cup. Uh, she saved at least one penalty kick. I remember that being a very exciting sporting event. I think she went kind of crazy after the World Cup. I mm. think she had some... No, uh, you're thinking Hope Solo. Hope Solo also did, but I think Brianna Scurry had some uh, public outburst after the World Cup. Anyway, she's a phenomenal athlete, and I did not know that she was a UMass girl, so good for her. Uh, and then number five, I think I have to go Jeff Corwin, who hosted the Disney Channel Animal Show. It was like it was like Jeff Corwin goes wild. It was on mm-hmm. Disney Channel in the in the two thousands. You said um, this was a good list, and this is what we ended up going with. I'll be honest; list. he snuck into this. He he probably does not deserve to be on here. And I'll so I thought you were going to go with Rick Pitino. So that's why I didn't include yeah, him. That's fine. Um, yeah, he was on my honorable mentions. Rick Pitino. Jeff Corwin. I mean, that animal show was it was a cool show. Get this: Rick Pitino had a brief stint it was, at, uh, yeah, at it was UMass. Brief. He was there oh, for think fifteen he, seconds. He was yeah, on my list. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it yeah. is. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So that's your sixth. No, 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 it's not. Oh, okay. my God, this, I've been saving this guy. This, this one's great. Um, uh, Jeffrey Donovan, who you don't know, but he's the actor in, in Hitch. He also yeah, he was, was in, he was he was Burn Notice. So he's the guy in Burn Notice. He does right? not belong on the, on the top six. So he's the, he's the dickhead in Hitch. So he's the guy. He's Vance Munson, who is a pig, by the way. That's yeah. what they say. Vance Munson is a pig. It's a big line in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he's the guy. Power goes, suit, power suit, yeah, yeah. power tie, power steering. It's uh, it's one of the all time lines from our generation. Um, in my mind, so uh, good-looking guy. Well, he's in Sicario, which is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, I, I guess worth the so. watch. Have you seen it? Yeah, worth the watch. So he he grabs Will Smith by the wrist. A lot of action for Will Smith in this uh, yeah, this episode. And he goes, "This is what I'm about: power suit, power tie, power steering." Um, watch Hitch if you haven't. Obviously, that's a, 
uh, Emmy or uh, Oscar winning performance by by all involved. Uh, that's that's uh, that's my third best UMass. Yeah, I think our I think our cuts will have some qualms with this list, and rightly so. Richard Gere, famous from Pretty Woman in Chicago, also he put a gerbil up his butt. Uh, Bridget Moynihan has a child with Tom Brady. Now was she in the town, or was that a different gal? No, that's not. Gone baby, gone. Nah, she, no. Nothing. No, she's an actress. I don't know what she's in, but she's in. No. Uh, Mystic River. Mm, yeah, I actually think I, I got don't. That I one. think you're incorrect about that. Okay. I think I know who you're thinking of, and it's not. I, I robot. Yeah. <laughs> not what I was thinking. Okay. Um, ben Sherrington, Red Sox GM, post Theo. He oversaw the bad he years. Exists. He oversaw the bad years. He but, won a World Series. But he did. Yeah, he won the John Farrell World Series. But he uh, he's very responsible for this roster today. The Mookie, JBJ, etc. So he does not get the credit he deserves. UMass also has two other former MLB GMs and one NFL GM, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of an interesting fact. They do I, well, have Eisenberg's a- legit. Eisenberg is is it's a legitimate business school, okay. yeah, 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 man. and they have a good sports management program. So I get that. Uh, Doctor J and Marcus Camby, you mentioned Rick Pitino, but they have a good basketball program. Uh, they also have an astronaut, like every single ACC school we play. I don't know why we only play astronaut You're schools, with astronauts, and we don't have astronauts. And last but certainly not least, my parents. Yeah. My parents both went to UMass. So they're on my list, but they didn't make. The they cut. didn't. Yeah, they'll be upset I'm about kidding, that. I'm they should have probably made top two spots i apologize uh for that but uh, yeah overall pretty good alumni list to start the year we have some treats for the alumni section as we uh move on throughout the year because we don't want to repeat uh so stay tuned for that i guess it'll be the wake forest game will be the first time we actually switch that up it's not a repeat opponent all right let's talk shop here actually we already talked shop there's no, there's shop. no real quick about just, UMass. It's prediction all prediction. right i'm gonna give you gun to my head here's my score bc 42 umass six wow yeah that would be phenomenal. I think that they'll get on the board more than you give them the credit for, but we will wear them out with size and win comfortably. Uh, we will hopefully rest Dylan and Brown in the second half. I think overall we win 45-17. to 17. Birds cover the 18.5 is what the current number is. We start off, we feel very good, we escape without injuries. Great and teams win. Next week. Good, oh, shit, I missed it up. Good teams win, great teams cover. It was better. Awesome. So thanks for listening. This is week one. Again, we're going to keep this rolling every week. Uh, hopefully keep it around an hour, if not a little shorter, uh, depending on how long everyone's attention span is. But yeah, great episode. Follow us on Twitter at Fourth and Dude. We have a lot of uh, a lot of good tidbits coming out of uh, you know preseason camp, and, and we'll be uh, you know rolling right along with you throughout the season. So give us a follow there and, and get our uh, footprint up. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, the full nine. Um, and with that, it's always a great day to be a dude.